And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 390. We're coming at you from a very snowy Chicago, Illinois. Gosh, we've had our first really significant snow, not only of this winter, but it's the most significant snow we've had in about five or six years. Um, we've got about 10 inches of snow on the ground and it's still coming down. So yeah, we were warned. I mean, everybody kind of knew it was coming, but it came about a day and a half later after people were talking, it was supposed to happen. So just when people started to breathe easy, oh yeah, we're going to get three inches again. (laughs) Um, yeah, we've been socked with about 10 inches of snow overnight. And like I said, it's still coming down so I can see it, uh, yeah, continuing on for a while. Anyway, uh, yeah, beautiful, gloppy snow too. I mean, perfect for making snowmen and snowballs, that kind of thing. And I have spent some time outside in it, but I've also been busy. So I've got a lot of stuff on my plate. And so that's been, yeah, that's been a lot of uh, other things that have been demanding my time. So anyway, um, yeah, so welcome along to the show. Good to see everybody. Hope everybody is staying safe out there. And uh, as we are going to continue, uh, not a lot of surprises here, so let's go ahead and move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar, you behold in breathless wonder. And this week we are looking at Ragnarok, The Breaking of Helheim, issue number two. Publication date was September of 2019, a few months after. I think the last one was published in May, so that speaks to the inconsistent nature of the schedule. Um, The uh, cover price, I believe, was $3.99, and uh, the artwork and story are by Walter Simonson, colors are by Laura Martin, letters by John Workman, and Scott Dunbeer was the editor. Uh, the cover art shows Thor, and he is kneeling on the ground, and he is chained. Chains coming out from everywhere. There's a dwarf standing behind him with it looks like glowing eyes, sort of. And they're in front of this sort of giant pillar thing, and this pillar thing is uh, looks like it's made of, of transformed people, or at least the people were sculpted into these kind of weird, twisty shapes. And uh, yeah, and that's that's cover, beautiful cover there. And we have a summary here of the story so far. Thor has seen a vision of Allfather Odin describing the terrible destruction of the great battle between the gods and their enemies that resulted in the death of the gods and triumph of their greatest foes. Now driven by his vision, Thor has decided to enter Helheim, the realm of the dead, to search for his fallen brother, Baldur. He also seeks the ruler of Helheim, Loki's daughter, Hel, for the countless Draugar, the walking dead of the Viking world, are climbing out of Helheim and entering the Dusklands, threatening all who still live. And Thor means to put a stop to it. 
and we open up to the splash page where we have a little bit of narration here. The Dusklands, just beyond the ruins of Angantyr's fortress, below the rim of Helheim, the land of the dead. And the title of the story, Through the Gates of Helheim, and we see Thor. It looks like he's riding Lady next to this giant waterfall, and Thor is a riding Lady, and the Lady's got her mouth open, big teeth showing. Uh, we've got Ratatosk riding on Thor's shoulder, and Thor's thinking to himself, a great cataract of water, ice, and rime. The roar is deafening, pouring its full fury into the deadlands and beyond, and perched on its edge, a great hall. Like so many structures in the Dusklands, this one lies partially in ruins. But I see torchlights, and we see the torchlights too. We see the kind of ruined tower sticking up. Perhaps I could learn something there of Hell's whereabouts. And he kind of jumps there on Lady and is riding up to the... Uh, to the structure, and Thor is getting off, and he's talking to Ratatosk here. Ratatosk, stay here with Lady while I take a closer look. No problem, says Ratatosk. Seems pretty quiet. I guess I'll have to announce myself. And then he thinks, or maybe not, because he sees a whole bunch of Draugar kind of approaching, arising up out of the ground, or just coming from the shadows, and approaching him with big, pointy objects. And Thor says, I sense hostility. And the caption says, there's the faintest echo of laughter in the back ranks of the emerging figures. He's big for a draugr. Good slave in the mines. Suppose I don't care to work in the mines, says Thor. You lost choice when you came to Darkling Hall. All draugr here is subject to the Jarl King. One of Loki's daughter, Hel, says Thor. How does she feel about having a Jarl king camped on her doorstep? Who cares? Nobody's seen her in forever. As far as Friar's concerned... Friar? Shut up, Hallgrim. You've said enough. Aye! As he is dispatched by this other uh, person. And you, slave, no questions. And... They're pointing all their pointing things at Thor's face, and uh, and all of a sudden there's a landslide happening for no apparent reason, and I don't know that this is ever going to be mentioned again. But anyway, they're establishing here that apparently landslides happen all the time, and the Draugr are telling Thor, "Your journey's over, except this one. Move it, and mind the landslide." Landslide says Thor, happens sometimes. Maybe you get lucky, be carried off by the next one, or... And uh, Thor goes ahead and is basically walking ahead of this big group of Draugr. Jarl King first, mine's afterwards. I can hardly wait, says Thor, and my steed. Not worry, Ulfar, take her to butchery. Fresh meat, nice change from Draugr. I see, says Thor. Lady, eat something while I'm gone. And the Draugar laughing. <laughs> Draugar even has hammer, like Odin's son Thor. A coward, same as hell, both missing in big battle. Both probably still hiding. Maybe together. <laughs> There's a, a sound coming from uh, beyond, and the Draugar kind of turned to look, and they're like, What's that? Landslide? And Thor says, Thunder, I think. And he goes uh, on a, a get ahead of all the Draugar into the hall, 
and eventually reaches the main hall, being followed by this uh, big army of Draugar behind him. Well, well, what have we here, says a voice. Ah, Draugar, my lord, caught trying to enter Helheim. Indeed, a considerate dead man. We see a, uh, a human and his whole retinue are, are living people as opposed to these Draugar zombie-type people. And there's all these, like, uh, stone statues or you know carvings or corpses or something just kind of uh, all surrounding them and there's a bunch of looks like uh, human guards and a bunch of uh, dwarves as well so there's, there's a lot of dwarves that are uh, flanking this guy droger do not enter helheim my lord have a care says one of the guards nonsense grimir he was doomed the moment he approached my domain have you a name slave many says thor bjorn will do Bear, well named. You are big. And you are alive, a living man in Helheim. Your entire retinue is comprised of living beings. Most of my personal slaves are alive. They respond to pain with greater alacrity than Draugar. Draugar go directly to the mines. And you have come prepared to labor there with your own hammer, how droll. I have given my name. How are you called? You ask questions so readily on first meeting, but your presumption amuses me. I am Friar the Golden. The name means Lord, and I have earned it. I was Hell's lover once. Not even the gods dared that. Have you ever made love to a half-dead wench? Challenging. But she gifted me with power and long life, for services rendered. Friar, really? You took the name of a god of Asgard. I honor the Vanir god in my own way. He was a lover, and so am I. And we see all these uh, like beautiful elf-type women kind of surrounding him. You are nothing like Friar, Jarl King. You tread dangerously, slave. Now surrender your hammer. And Thor's like, yeah, okay. And he takes uh, Mjolnir and he hands it to the, the Draugr captain who's, who's coming to, to take it from him. And uh, Thor says, be careful, it's heavy. Ha, huh, anything you can lift, I can't. And the, 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 basically the hammer crushes through the Draugr's chest and, and pins the corpse to the ground with a fwam, or fwitham. Friar is amused by this, and he's like, too funny. Crushed his chest, a hammer too heavy to be used as a weapon, but dense enough to break soul iron with ease. You'll make a good slave. Basically, there's a sound that we don't we don't hear, but uh, Friar's like, what's that? And one of the Draugar's like, thunder, I think, Lord. We heard it earlier. I understand you were descending into Helheim, Bjorn. Nobody descends into Helheim. Why? I was hoping to find my lower jaw somewhere, says Thor. And what do you carry in your pouch? Magic apple slices for my health. In case I find my jaw, they might fix it. A draugar with a sense of humor. Unbelievable, says Friar. I hope you survive longer than most in the mines. I could use a laugh now and then. Dwarves? And he summons these dwarves, and uh, there's five of them, and uh, they're they're got chains and shackles and things in their hands, and uh, um, they're ordered to shackle Thor and take him to Hagen in the mines to get settled in properly, as Friar says. Throstex, 
Chain his ankles, says one of the dwarves. And then he says, hold up your wrists, slave, so I can... And all the um, the dwarves gasp as Thor lifts up his wrists, and almost as though they recognize him. And I don't know if it's so much that he recognizes that he's Thor, probably that, but they, they might recognize the armor. And so they kind of know what's going on here, and they're all gasping, and, uh, and uh, Thor whispers to them, Not a word. Shackle me and be at peace. What did he say? says Friar. He said... He accepts the shackles, Lord. And there's a big clank as they kind of bolt uh, Thor into these uh, chains. As if he had a choice, says Friar. Bored. It's dinner time. Take him to the mines. And uh, there's a blue elfy woman is kind of there. And she, um, she says to a Friar, A moment, my love. And she goes up and she's kind of touching Thor's chest. And she says, Well muscled. I like that in a draugr. Are you the god friar's wife, Gerda? Says Thor. And the caption says her laughter sounds like falling ice crystals. I can be whoever you want me to be. I fancy chains. Perhaps we can meet again sometime. So uh, friar's like, Enough, Astrid. I'll leave something for you, my dear. For the rest, he is now a loyal and hard-working slave until he drops. Take him below, and uh, Friar casts some sort of a magic spell with a thract, zaps uh, Thor in the head, and we shift scenes, and we are in the uh, edge of the Dusklands in the depths of the Ganunga Gap, the primordial abyss of nothingness, and we have Surt and Hymir and the, the Draugar Lord and uh, you know, a bunch of these other people, and uh, the Draugar Lord is saying, by gracious Lord Surter, it is done already. Spare me your unctuous. What? Word travels fast among the Draugr. Thor has already been found. Where? says Hrim. Friars Helheim Draugr captured him as he was descending into the land of the dead. Into Helheim? Why? says Hrim. It didn't seem prudent to ask him, mighty Hrim. Perhaps you would care to do so. He's been forced into Darkling Hall, presumably to work as a slave in the mines. He could die there. Ha! More likely Fire will regret that action. He was a fool to take a god's name. That will make Thor angry, and his anger is formidable. Is the hall still standing? It is. And uh, the, the trolls uh, come forward, they say, Thor must not have recovered his full power, or he'd have destroyed Darkling Hall in a rage. We'd be fools to wait any longer. If Thor comes out of the mines alive, he'll be more dangerous than ever. We must attack now, says one of the uh, uh, other guys. And Hrim says, By the time we can marshal sufficient force, as it might already be too late, he won't be sitting on his thumbs waiting for us to show up. And uh, one of the uh, Dolgars uh, says there, If you think a handful of trolls is going to be able to kill Thor, then go. He'd like killing you, and we'd have fewer stupids around in future. And uh, the, the trolls are saying, uh, You think a troll warrior no match for Thor? What of a loud-mouthed Dolgar mongrel? You think that you can go up against Thor without troll help? Because if you do, and it looks like they're going to fight, and uh, there's a... Um, 
one of the dwarves who intervenes here, and uh, he's like, "Peace, peace! Arguing amongst ourselves is pointless. I've no idea what Thor seeks in Helheim, but I wonder if we should consider seeking assistance there." And we shift scenes, and we are back in Helheim, and we are in the mines, and there's a um, little spy dwarf. And he's kind of working on the balcony above the. Uh, it's basically a, like a gallery or a cave or cavern or whatever and there's this giant pillar here looks like a pillar made of these uh, petrified creatures people statues whatever they are and it's kind of rising up here and there's torches around and um, Thor is uh, being taken to Hagen who apparently is like the overmaster of what's going on here and the uh, this uh, shadowy dwarf is uh, spying on what's going on and he's thinking to himself something happened up there between Bjorn and the other dwarves. I just know it. Who is this Draugr? And why does he seem completely unfazed at the thought of entering the soul mines until the real death takes him? The dwarves below are presenting Thor to Hagen. He says, Greetings, Hagen. We bring you a new slave. And the shadowy dwarf is uh, thinking still, Friar's arrogance sees nothing, but I fear danger has come to the edge of Helheim. Something hell herself might fear were she still alive. And Hagen basically is introducing himself to Thor here, and he says, The more the merrier. I rule here, slave, and you'd better understand that. That's fine with me, says Thor. No one would care if it weren't. I see a lot of that attitude here. You deserve it, says Hagen. The Draugar here, like you, are wretched souls who refuse to fight against the gods at the battle on Vigrid. Their fate was sealed when the gods lost. As they emerge from Helheim, they are captured and brought here to work the mines. Like you, they have been magicked by Friar. You'll find that my word is law, and you will obey it, whether you will or no. Now let me see your hammer. I would have a closer look. And he reaches out for it, and uh, Thor says, I gave over my hammer briefly upstairs. I think once is enough. And you already have one and he does it looks like a like a 20 pound sledge friar's magic leaves you no choice says hagen hand it over friar's magic is not all that he imagines it to be says thor and uh, hagen is kind of grasped uh, thor's hammer and thor says remove your hand or i'll break your wrist and hagen is surprised because draugr are not supposed to do that and he's like no it isn't possible no draugr can resist friar's spell Give me the hammer, or... And he's kind of struggling with it, and uh, one of the dwarves comes up behind Hagen and kind of shakes him and says, Psst, Hagen, sir, what is it, Frost Axe? I'm in the middle of a word. And he starts whispering in Hagen's ear, and Hagen is looking kind of nervous and sweaty at this point, and uh, he's whispering back, he's, Impossible, he's been missing for centuries. And the spy up in the balcony is still watching and he can't hear anything. And he's like, blast it. I can't hear what they're saying. He's thinking, prove it, says Hagen. Prove you're the damn god of thunder. And Thor proves it by just shattering the shackles and chains and everything, just kind of karinginging them into nothingness. And then he takes Mjolnir and he throws it at the wall, uh, smashes a big chunk of the wall or the pillar or whatever with a bra crack. And, of course, the hammer then returns to his hand. And Hagen is convinced by this, as well he should be. 
And he gets all apologetic now, and he's like, okay, look, I, I didn't recognize you. I'm really sorry. I didn't want your hammer anyway. A wise choice, says Thor. It would have burned your hand to a cinder. God's curse, he's back, says the shadowy dwarf, and he goes running off up the tunnel. And uh, so Thor and Hagen are having a conversation here. We thought you were dead. Why have you not revealed yourself to mortals in the Dusklands before this? I am sorry, says Thor. A long story. I was unable to help even myself for centuries. Now I intend to make up for lost time. But tell me, you and the others here have clearly not been magicked. Why have you not rebelled against Friar? He holds our women hostage against our good behavior. Each night one of us is permitted to visit to prove that his wife is alive and in good health. He has already killed several in retaliation for infractions. I would drive my own hammer through his black heart gladly, but... I see, interrupts Thor. And what makes this mind so important that Friar uses forced labor so ruthlessly? Truly, I think he just enjoys it, says Hagen. But it's the Draugar miners themselves. That's why Friar's servants capture them as they try to climb out of Helheim. After Friar magics them, they work the mines to the point of collapse. When that happens, they transmute into the great stone figures you see. They become the soul iron we mine. Soul iron? The iron here has unique properties when infused with Friar's magic. The ore, refined and concentrated, is forged into steel and beaten into blades. Soul swords, whose merest scratch turns a wounded mortal into Friar's willing slave. When enough weapons have been made, Friar's Draugar army will attack the Dusklands, creating new reinforcements with every blow. Eventually, his army will be too big for any foe to withstand. Already, the armory is bulging with soul swords. The time is near. And uh, we shift scenes, and we are back up in the throne room, and we see Friar and his retinue, and they're all sitting at a banqueting table, basically all eating, and the shadowy dwarf comes running up, and he's uh, all excited. My lord! My lord! And the guards are like, hey! Who interrupts Friar's banquet, says Friar? My lord, dreadful news from the mines. Grimir, what do you think you're doing? You've put me off my dinner. And he reaches out to grab um, uh, Grimir's face, and Grimir's like, but my lord, there's... And uh, Friar's not very happy here, and he says, It's said the dwarves were the toughest of all the beings in the old nine worlds. I think it's time we tested that idea to destruction in the soul mines. When your time comes, you'll make a very tough blade, I'll wager. I may even wield you myself. And the dwarf bites Friar's hand and to get free, and he's like, Arr! and Friar's like, oh, you bit me. I'll throw you out of the window into Ganunga Gap myself, you treacherous little rat. And uh, the dwarf is trying to explain, my lord, it's the lightning crusher. He's carrying Mjolnir itself. Who? The Draugr you just sent to the mines, and he's not magicked. Impossible. How did some Draugr get a hold of Mjolnir? He's not just some Draugr. He's Thor, the real Thor. We're dead. That's not possible. It can't be. There's no way that... I won't believe. Really? Guards, light the primers. Fire the mine. Now, this instant. 
And uh, yeah, we shift back to the conversation between Thor and Hagen downstairs. And uh, they're explaining to Thor basically all the, the background of what's going on down here. Originally, Friar was the armorer for the Lord of the Dead, Angantyr, on Helheim's rim above. But the more he thought about it, the more Friar wanted to become a power himself, ruling the Dusklands. You know Angantyr is dead, his fortress in ruins, says Thor. Oh, we know that, says Hagen. But no one's told Friar. He's anticipating Angantyr groveling before him. So he wouldn't thank the messenger who brought him word of Angantyr's death? Hardly. He's obsessed with the idea of expanding his power and torturing those he sees as lording it over him, Angantyr most of all. He'll be angry. I think he took the name Friar in hopes of assuming in some way a god's destiny. Since the gods are pretty much all dead, I can help with that, says Thor. And uh, somebody smells something odd going on and he goes, Do you smell something like hot metal? And Hagen says, It's coming from everywhere. Oh, God, it's Friar, says one of the others. What's he done, says Thor? He's fired the mines. He's going to cleanse the tunnels, says Hagen. He'll destroy us all. There's nowhere to run. Why? No, why? No. And we see a bunch of molten metal starting to pour from the ceiling. And it's like basically pouring right into the same little area where Thor and company are. And Thor says, probably because of me. I noticed a black dwarf running back up the main shaft a little while ago. He probably saw me throw Mjolnir and guessed my identity. I seem to have lost the element of surprise. To be continued. And that is Ragnarok, the breaking of Helheim number two. And we'll be talking all about this issue right after this message. Tell me his name again. Thanos. I think I shall call him. Adam. But return to me again empty-handed. And I will bathe the starways in your blood. Thanks, Dad. Sounds fair. Korvac's power grows, as does his madness. He would have destroyed us all, had I not pulled us into the soul gem. Then Thanos, I'm coming for you. After Xandar, you were going to kill my father? You dare to oppose me. You see what he has turned me into? You kill him, I will help you destroy a thousand planets. It's all right, Adam. We're here to help. Just stay cool. Uh, I don't want to be here! Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Five years and going strong. Every other week. Mostly. For all of your Adam Warlock, Thanos, or Marvel Cosmic needs. Find it on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are available. Resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com Adam Warlock, you cannot keep leaving your philosophy books open on the floor. I always trip on them in the middle of the night on my way to the can. 
And we're back with a few words about the issue. And, and it is a few words because, again, like I said at the end of the last episode, there's only so many superlatives I can actually uh, you know, give you. Um, yeah, it's a great issue. And, and the story now seems to be moving along. Now, I'm really not sure exactly what Simonson has in mind, but he gave us a summary at the beginning of the issue. And that pretty much gives you an idea of what's going on at very least. Uh, Thor going into hell looking for Balder, possibly his jaw. And obviously there's some things going on that he didn't expect. This weird uh, human or, or elf or whatever he is who's kind of taken the name of Fry and has, um, yeah, taken, taken over basically. Uh, yeah, beautifully written, beautifully drawn. Uh, Laura Martin's colors uh, beyond reproach, especially right here at the end. We have a very muted color palette throughout the issue. It's all grays and blues and browns. And, um, you know, the, the, the main difference of where this is is, uh, um, you know, in the hall of, of Hagen. Um, and we have, you know, anytime they're showing the, the mines and there's a little bit of glowing, you know, glowing red. And, of course, the, the lava pouring down on top of everybody is just beautifully, beautifully done. Um, the composition throughout is, I'm going to uh, criticize Simonson a little bit because, I mean, as much as I love Simonson, there are times when it, it just gets a little bit too minimal, and the the characters are just a little bit too sketchy. It's not tight enough. Now, a lot of it looks really amazing, but there's a, just a few pages where he's just kind of roughed in everyone and hasn't really inked everybody. Some of the proportions are, th are thrown off here and there. You kind of expect that a little bit, but... The, the, when you get the characters and the, the further the background they go, they get really, really, really sketchy and really, really basic. Um, they're no more than just shapes. I get that that's sort of what Simonson's style has become over the years. He's been, you know, adapting to a new style, and, and this is part of what that is. But um, yeah, sometimes a little bit too much for me. But overall, I think it's a gorgeous issue. Um, one question I have is that Thor seems to have a lot more teeth than normal people. Uh, <laughs> did I mention that before? It just seems very, very odd. So apparently uh, the Aesir each have like 20 teeth in their upper jaw, um, which is, is crazy. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a nitpick in, in what is actually a very satisfying and very well-drawn issue. And uh, that's about it for this week. Once again, folks, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And if you want to email the show, you can do so. The email is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also join us over on Facebook. Just look for Radio Free Asgard over there, and you'll find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, back to 12 inches of snow outside my window. Maybe I'll make a snowman. I don't know. Anyway, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. 
If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.